if you want to leave a legacy behind in a, in a third world country like india build a bloody toilet <laughs> So Sam, yes, Dana. Like I said before, it's an unscripted podcast, so my guests don't know anything that I'm about to ask them. They're going in blindfolded, and the goal is to not talk about your achievements. That's why I didn't give you like a very um, pronounced intro because it's not about what you've done and what you've achieved. It's more about if I strip you naked, what's left? What do you have to share with the world? So uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of our purpose mm-hmm. here is to uncover you and who you are. Uh, and it's not socially or politically correct. It's uh, abstract, eccentric. It's provocative, controversial. <laughs> so be, be, feel free to talk about anything and don't worry. Okay. So, um First, can you tell everyone where you are in India? Yeah, so currently I am in this beautiful city called Thane. That's the Marathi pronunciation, but uh, it's it's a it's a neighboring city of the city of Bombay or Mumbai, as it is called now. Mumbai for people uh, so that don't not- get it. <laughs> So yeah, I just needed to say Mumbai because even your Mumbai, I'm sure people are like Mumbai, yeah, Bombay, Bombay yeah. uh, you know all yeah. this. Yeah, I mean original name was Bombay. Yeah. Uh, it's been now politicized into Mumbai, but yeah. So there is a city called Mumbai, and then there is a city called Thane, which is next to uh, Bombay. Very ne- like next to, they are adjacent to each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm in that city now. So you are a local Indian, obviously. Absolutely. You can tell by your accent. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> what's it like to live in India? Question. Very good question. I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I love it because uh, I mean, you must have figured out uh, that I'm a history buff. I love history. Mm-hmm. Reading about history, uh, it's fascinating. Uh, I read about uh, world history, uh, especially about the Middle East. Uh, why especially about the Middle East? Because so much has happened there, you know, so much. Uh, but uh, I can say, and very proudly say, that the history India has got, trust me, Nobody, no, nobody has got that history because it's so rich. It's so rich. It's so layered. Uh, there are so many aspects to it. So when I think about India from the historical point of view, uh, I am ecstatic. Uh, but then I look at India uh, over the years, over the over the years of my lifespan, and I. I, it gives me, uh, you know, like mixed emotions uh, because I, I, I was born in, in India, which had kind of lost its confidence uh, because of 
colonialism you can say because of poverty uh because of not really having the standing in the world arena uh so i w- i w- I'm, i'm product of that india so i've seen that india and then i'm seeing an india today which is full of confidence which is which is you know making headlines globally yeah which is kind of recognizing its own uh uh you know value yeah in the in the world arena today i mean we met in india dena uh, there is a reason and and i clearly remember you telling me that i always from my childhood i have always wanted to be in india wanted to go to india right mm-hmm. and we met in yeah. india there are so many people from other part of the world especially from the western civilizations that i have met mm-hmm. in india who have like really good things to say about my country so it kind of makes me feel good you know because i've seen that transition happen i i was part of the i was i think the first batch uh because i passed out in 91 from my uh, i got my uh, you know degree so i'm i'm part of that first batch of indians who kind of uh got benefited from the entire global economy that we became part of in the 1991 mm-hmm. and from that point onwards things changed in india uh for good or for bad there are there are obviously i mean there is there is there is there are always two sides to each coin right so there are certain things which are good certain things which are so not so good but yes that was a transition and i i've seen that uh, with my own eyes and today i'm seeing this india which is like you know pumping its chest and telling the world that hey i am here and uh, yeah i mean a lot uh, also dep- uh, also has to be the credited to the uh, current uh, political you know uh, entities that we have uh, the ruling parties mm-hmm. and i'm not only giving them the credit because it's it's a collective effort yeah it's been it's a collective effort for mm-hmm. uh last few decades and everybody has contributed every scientist every uh, doctor every uh, musician everybody who has contributed from their own side uh, have made india what it is today and and i think there is we can just look up and look at the bright side of future because i i feel and i mm-hmm. deep down very strongly feel that india is going to be the global leader not very soon but it's always it's already on the way to become the global leader worldwide yeah so yeah so i i i think it's a, it's a beautiful time to be in in india and to be an indian <laughs> yes <laughs> no I, i mean yes i'm an indian yeah. uh, but uh, and i'm proud of it yeah. but i think we are today living in a global village okay yeah and that's how we are connecting i mean you are sitting uh, in greece i, I assume yep uh, or you could be you could be in some other part of the world <laughs> yeah. i'm sitting here or i could be in some other part of the world at the core of uh, at the core i may be indian 
but i am also part of the global village yeah yeah very much yeah. you know you're, so you're we are universal. all we are all in it together yeah, exactly. yeah absolutely okay so i'm going to ask you a question now that i ask everyone are you a common person i am extraordinary <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry for the pun but yeah i'm extremely i'm i'm, I'm extremely ordinary uh, there's nothing extraordinary about me but i think every person okay is like that you know i mean mm-hmm. alexander the great uh, was also an ordinary man but that's why that's why he died right mm-hmm. <laughs> and when he died uh, he left everything that he had kind of achieved uh, behind he didn't take anything with him so he did extraordinary things but at the core of it he was an ordinary person an ordinary human being every human being has its own limitation and i am also bound with those limitations you are also bound with those limitations the the president of usa also is bound with those limitations you know vladimir putin is also mm-hmm. bound with those limitations so i think i, I think understanding that uh, makes us humble that we are at the end of the day we are only humans and we have our limitations we are not gods yeah so i am very ordinary <laughs> <laughs> what was your last epiphany oh my god uh, just the way you kind of lead your life and certain things happen uh many a times you don't realize why those things are happening in your life uh but then you kind of you know go through them and then you when you look back you kind of you 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 start to put things together and then you realize that it's all a part of a great design uh you can call it anything i mean uh for the lack of word and because i am an indian uh i can say destiny yeah uh, but it's i think every everybody has uh, a design and and uh, we kind of take make choices mm-hmm. the choice that you are going to make today is going to affect your tomorrow and how it will affect your tomorrow you may not know now mm-hmm. correct but when when you when you go to that that level in the future or that stage in the future and you look back and then you say oh that was my choice so today where i am was also my choice so i think it's life is a uh, cyclical uh, process yeah mm-hmm. so i don't think there is a moment when i can say you know that's my everything but but things happen things keep happening and uh, what i believed what i very strongly believe is that there is a guiding force which kind of guides you and it's yeah. there within you that voice uh, the thing is that many a times we don't hear that voice but if you are completely silent 
you know what that voice is telling you. Many times we kind of suppress that voice. But if you listen to that voice, that voice always guides you in the right direction. Silence the noise, you know, in your, in, in, within you. Cut the crap. And around you. And around, around you, you, yes. Which is actually something so profound to me that that yeah. Hinduism and Buddhism and all the other isms in yeah. India, like they talk so much about the monkey mind and, you know, uh, calming uh, the distractions around you. But like India is so full of life. It's everywhere is a freaking distraction. You know what I'm saying? It's just like a huge contradiction where it's like, or, or it's the greatest, greatest playground, you know, because it's so loud. You know, maybe it's, it makes it easier to meditate. It's, it's currently the world's greatest chaos. Yeah. Because, because we have overtaken China in terms of population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. So, so next time you go to Varanasi, you may see <laughs> more people there. Oh, I yeah. don't, you know what? Today, I think about my journey to India and that I did it alone and I did it for so long and... And thinking about doing the doing it the exact same way that I did it terrifies me. <laughs> like thinking about what I did and how I didn't lose my shit. You know, well, that's mm. a blessing, blessing yeah. in disguise. But actually, sure. I love that you brought up Varanasi uh, because I want you to talk about. Have you went? To, have you seen the Baba again? That Baba you guys always go uh, and see. No. Uh, we met him last time. Can you explain what what I mean by Baba and what I what the what what it means to go visit a Baba and the information that sometimes you get? Can you talk about that because it's huge in India? Like people go there for those experiences. Yeah. So I mean, see, India always has been the kind of uh, a spiritual leader. To the world because I believe uh, Bhagavad Gita our philosophical document I don't call it a religious document because the moment you put that into confinements of a religion you kind of uh, you know uh, narrowing narrowing it right so I don't I don't call it a religious book okay we are not the we are not the people of book but Bhagavad Gita, uh, as a philosophy of life, I would say is the mother of all the philosophies in the world. And Greeks, uh, uh, you, you name Socrates, uh, the greatest mind uh, that lived in Athens. He was, if you, if, if you, if you read him, his quotes, uh, they resonate so well with uh, Bhagavad Gita and the, and the, and the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the whole philosophy, the strike, strike uh, is very, very close to Bhagavad Gita, what Bhagavad Gita says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think Bhagavad Gita is something that we got, um, is given to us. So, India always has been that, uh, the spiritual leader. And at the same time, I also want to warn people especially from your side of the world, that not every Baba is worth visiting, you know. 
I would I would say I would say 95% of them are not worth visiting you know worth visiting absolutely yes. they are ridiculous and and they are just they are yeah. thugs they are thugs wearing uh, robes and uh, you know looting people and taking advantage but yeah there is that very small percentage of these people uh and 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 you just, you can't take an appointment with them and you it has to be in your destiny uh mm-hmm. to meet them so i met this guy uh trikal baba in i think 20 uh, uh 2013 for the first time and it happened it happened without i mean i didn't even know that he existed yeah so we were going uh we are going we are just walking around in the in the inner lanes of banaras varanasi and uh, i happened to see a board okay and it said that uh eknath maharaj like there is there was a saint in in my state called eknath maharaj uh so this place is where eknath maharaj had installed a shiva a uh, uh, sorry a uh, dattatreya uh, idol now dattatreya has also been a yogi you know in a prehistoric time so an eknath the saint was his disciple he he lived in the 14 uh, 15th century in maharashtra so when i when i saw that board i was kind of uh, surprised to see that a saint from my state uh has a presence in in varanasi which is in the north which is another state so i kind of entered and i and i was just looking around there were a lot of shivlings uh very ancient ones i could make out they were just lying around uh and suddenly i heard a voice he called me out said kahan se aaye ho so he asked me where have you come from so i looked at him and i i kind of told him where i am where i am from and we started we started chatting and then he told me what he was doing so this guy uh had left his home 12 years ago which is uh to 2001 he left his home and he had come to varanasi and since then he was doing a sadhana sadhana means you know you you decide that this is going to be my day to day ritual and you keep doing that on every single day without fail damn so he would wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning no matter whether it's raining whether it's very hot whether it's very cold and it really gets cold in the north in 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 winters he would take a dip in the river ganga ganges or as as, called as, the, Hindi, as the americans call it <laughs> yeah, the ganges so the ganges so ganga he would take a dip and uh he would sit there meditating whole day he would eat only once that to the near, uh, nearby people would give him whatever they can and he would just eat that and he would just meditate in 
in front of the idol of Dattatreya, okay. the Mahayogi. And he was telling me that that was his 12th year. Okay, and we in, in Hindu belief system, uh, we keep 12 year time span is when we, we say that the sadhana is now over, done. And you will get the fruit of all your hard work after 12 years is what we believe in. Wow. And he was telling me that I can sense that enlightenment is on its way. Okay. That was, that's, that's what, what he told me. Okay. And I think to, uh, after five years, 2017, that's when I met you and we went there. Yes. And we again spoke to him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was amazing because. Um, did, did he reach enlightenment? He was talking about moksha. <laughs> well, I, you can't ask that. But the way he was talking, yeah. he was very happy within himself. And he, he was he, I, we were not asking him any question, right? Yeah, he was just speaking. And he just started... Yeah, he spoke about ego. Yeah. He spoke about moksha. Uh, he spoke about so many uh, good things. Yeah, I don't remember. That's the thing. But... Um... In fact, you, you asked him many questions, if I remember. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Asking... Or, and I remember me translating whatever he was saying because he was talking in Hindi. Yeah. And I was translating to you. In and English. I was talking in Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> That's why really you don't remember. He was probably like, my lady, you are far, 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 far from enlightenment. You overthink way too much, sister. <laughs> and I was probably like, yes, namaste, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was, I think, thank you for explaining that it was so, you know, you, you really connected so many, so many dimensions and layers to that, which is great. And I love that you also from your heart said, don't fall into the trap. First and foremost, you are your own guru. Don't go to India thinking that you're going to meet Babaji and he's going to like cast, cast a spell on your forehead and, and all of your suffering. <laughs> uh, which kind of leads me to this question. What could end, I'm not going to say the world suffering, individual suffering. What do you think could end individual suffering? Why do we suffer? You know why we suffer? And I'm not saying uh, this as some, uh, you know, high level guru because I'm also suffering and everybody's suffering. Yeah. But I know. Uh, and and exactly. it's it's the most difficult thing to do in, you know, for us common people. We suffer because we are attached. We suffer because we cannot let go. It could be anything. It could be a person. It could be as silly as positions. I'm, I'm calling them silly because I find them silly. But uh, uh, majority of people are spending their entire life uh, acquiring positions, right? Uh, so it could be that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just build traps around us. And what happens is the more attachments we create for ourselves, uh, the more it's difficult to let go of them. And then we suffer because 
we are attached to every little thing around us so it could be as silly as a smartphone you know or as big as uh, a mother or a father i mean i suffered i suffered when i lost mm-hmm. my father i didn't suffer that much when i mm-hmm. lost my mother uh because because somewhere down the line i knew that i, I at least have one parent yeah because what happens in and in, in, in especially in indian yeah. society you open your eyes in this world and these two people are always there with you so life without them is not something that you are used to and 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 sudden i mean when i lost my father i was 43 so i wasn't like a baby <laughs> uh i was an individual but it hit me it hit me really bad and then i realized that how attachments work they they just work so silently and we don't realize and that is the root cause of attachments and then desires and these two things keep you mm-hmm. stuck in the loop well you can just try <laughs> try to get over them <laughs> well you know because because when i was studying and you know trying to understand my own suffering i it came up often the the theory of attachment and um you know this the the word attachment is very yeah. triggering especially in the spiritual yeah. community because people misunderstand it they think it means you have to let go of them forever and not love them mm. you know but like you said it's very silent the strings are are unseeable you, you don't understand yep. what really it is that you are attached to so on and so forth so yeah it's a very i think that with wisdom and with age and with experience slowly slowly you understand what attachment really means i still haven't really understood it but you know i know it's not as brutal as they as as people think it is you know like like detaching from your family you know um but then i think that it's completely natural to grieve for your for the fallen ones you know it's it's it so is. natural to grieve like i think spirituality isn't telling you not to grieve it's telling you to grieve and to let go exactly that letting go that see because you start questioning why you 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 go into a state of des- denial you don't want to accept and these are all part of grieving okay it's grieving is a is a multifaceted mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, uh, emotion Uh, it's not like how how we mm-hmm. see it on uh, uh, on movies and all where somebody's just crying you don't cry i i wasn't crying but i was grieving yeah so you yeah. go through various stages and it takes really long time to get out of that because uh, you don't realize those uh, strings you don't see them they are not visible it's not like you take a you take a knife and just you know chop them off you can't do that and uh, yeah and then then one, you get over one kind of attachment and then you get into another attachment then you get get into a third attachment yeah, so exactly. <coughs> this entire lifetime goes into that i mean we actually may have to go through many lives and lifetimes 
to reach a stage where we can say that okay today i am uh i'm free from desires <laughs> time the time spans right yes the time spans are you are you aware of yeah, them yeah okay i will we are in a kali yuga the kali yuga is the darkest time right uh not really okay can no, you explain not really. it's yeah but see that there are many theories around it so basically in hindu or sorry hindu is the wrong word in the mm-hmm. vedic cosmology we have four divisions of time yeah so sat yuga yeah then there is treta yuga then there is dwapara yuga and then there is kali yuga so you uh you know ramayan and mahabharat of course these are two uh greatest epics stories histories or you can say mythologies Uh, which has come out of india so ramayan kind of uh, happened during treta yuga mahabharat which is when lord krishna was uh, walking the earth happened in dwapara yuga and after the end of mahabharat war the present kali yuga started so that is basically uh to kind of you know the understanding is basic understanding okay now there are people from various uh, uh you know uh, i would say various fields uh, experts from various fields who have different different uh things to say about it so astronaut astrologers astronomers history researchers everybody has their own point of view some say that you know you actually go through this uh, all four time spans in your own life span yeah uh, because be, because actually speaking these four time spans are reflective of your own mind mhm so sati yuga is supposed to be when everybody on this earth was in harmony with each other so nobody lied apparently that is why it is called sati yuga because everybody everyone just spoke the truth then comes dwapara yuga when a bit of corruption has started coming into uh the human mind so that is why the entire the ramayan happens because rama's mother uh, uh, rama's uh, stepmother wants he, her son to be the next king the prince so that happens then comes the, the time of dwapar yuga when mahabharat happened which is like a full blown war between two uh, two cousins yeah and it 
kind of destroyed everyone, every living being. And then came into Kali Yuga. So basically, if you look at that, there is a there is corruption happening, corruption of virtues, corruption of attitude, mind, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, slowly, 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 from all these four stages. Now, this is the most corrupt era we live in, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you look at that. It's very similar to our lifespan, right? I mean, when we are kids, we are we are innocent. Exactly. And slowly, things like you know manipulation. I mean, we kind of learn manipulation at the age of eight, nine, maybe, and in today's case, even earlier. So we start manipulating people, then we start misusing our powers, then we start. creating conflict within ourselves and with other people so all these things and then we become extremely ambitious and we just want to grab everything that comes our way mm-hmm. so if you look at every person's lifespan it just goes the same way so some people say that all these yugas are actually what we go through in the end we are so old that we actually we realize that all that was all stupidity because we in the end it doesn't matter you know yeah nothing matters yeah. mhm speaking of ambitions yeah <laughs> i'm asking you this because i'm curious to hear your answer and because it's something i contemplate on my own do you care about having a legacy absolutely no okay can you explain why if you have a why uh, yeah i uh, because first of all because of the reality of my life okay i'm not going to have any child i'm not going to have anybody to even carry anything or possess anything that i have okay so that that is out of the question <laughs> yeah so that is the re- physical reality of my life but apart from that i think every person what really matters is how you live yeah you know what is the what is the legacy a lot of people say legacy is what you know i am i'm going to leave uh, uh, a billion x amount behind but for what for, for whom for your kids you know because if i think everybody is capable of creating their own lives that is that that much faculties we have been given from right from the time of our birth then we get education and education is it's just a tool but apart from that there is spiritual education that we have to do on our own there are there are there are many uh, there are there are some skills that we have to learn that we have to do on our own nobody is going to teach you how to talk to people nobody is going to teach i mean we we all learned writing in school but nobody is going to teach you how to write these are these are the things that we have to develop on our own right so what is a legacy a legacy is not something that i am going to leave behind for my children if you want to leave a legacy if you really care then it should be something that in in terms of your thoughts 
if you kind of have your own very individualistic thoughts that can be a legacy because somebody tomorrow is going to read and listen to your thoughts and maybe that person's life may change because of those thoughts if you want to leave a legacy behind in a, in a third world country like india yeah build a bloody toilet which <laughs> you know yeah build a bloody toilet yeah. in a village where start, people can go and bottom. use it yeah yeah and they will after you are gone they will every yeah. every morning while they are dumb they will think something, of something something foundational something <laughs> yeah, that, that will is remain that, i mean forever. that can, those kind of legacies make sense okay i'll give you another example mm-hmm. from from history and because you are from greece <coughs> what is the legacy that alexander the great has left sam don't make me answer this why <laughs> cuz i'm not a historian like you what? are okay i i i'm not a historian i'm a history student yeah what is the legacy alexander alexander went ravaging this earth he destroyed persia a beautiful civilization and when he died okay he couldn't even go back to greece mm. he died in between on his on his return journey and within a decade his entire <clears throat> the land that he has he had conquered split into different fragments Mm. So what what was what was left as his legacy nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay now I'll give you another example of a king from my own state who I admire. What he built is a legacy is what we are even today that's why we are to even today we are considering him as one of the greatest. Mm-hmm. So his name is uh, Chhatrapati Shivaji. and you must have seen i keep writing about him so he built this kingdom out of nothing why did he build this kingdom not for himself for people mm-hmm. he wanted to free people of the oppression of the mughals so he fought his way through and he 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 defeated his enemies and he built a kingdom for 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 his people and that is why when he died in 1680 he died the kingdom didn't fizzle out mm-hmm. in fact people kept fighting on on because the, everybody believed that this is my kingdom and i have to support i have to protect it so people fought 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 for 27 years with the mogols and it just it grew so much that at some stage the entire india at least 80% of india was ruled by marathas the, the 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 clan that i belong to so that is the legacy that is called the true legacy you leave behind mm-hmm. because then you become you know something that even after 400 years people are still worshiping him yeah yeah and we were talking about ambition uh-huh. okay that's the ugly side of ambition mm-hmm. where you you are driven by your personal ambition exactly 
okay, that I want to rule the world. And then you don't think of others. That's personal ambition and that's ugly. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to get upset because I'm saying so. But, but I have my very strong reasons. So even if you have ambition, it's fine. If that ambition is going to serve somebody else, you know, you do something which others get benefited, not for your mm-hmm. own self and your mm-hmm. kids and your wife and your brother. And that's what people are doing now. No? Yeah, I think that that's kind of the the conundrum of our world, the, this individualistic, inflated ego, selfish um I don't even know what the core, like I haven't understood what the core is. I don't know if it's just because we're, you know, we're surviving, we're um, living in a, a broken system, we're not supported. This kind of is a segue to my next question, which was, um, have you ever fantasized or thought of thoroughly of another world and how it works, all the systems, like your, the most ideal world? Have you, have you ever imagined one in your mind? No, no, because I don't think that kind of that. See, now uh, we were just talking about the yuga, right? And I told you about the Sat Yuga, the first epoch, Sat, when everybody was nice, everybody was ideal. That was the ideal world. Nobody lied to each other. Mm-hmm. Nobody robbed each other. Nobody killed each other, mm-hmm. right? So, can that kind of world exist today? Impossible. Mm-hmm. Because we are just driven by ambition, greed, insatiable greed. Uh, we are judging, we are, we are, we are, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of uh, deciding whether to respect one another on the basis of where you stand in your life. How much how much money you earn, how much, uh, how big your house is, yeah. which city you live in, which country you live in. Yeah. Then you decide whether you're worthy of my respect or not. I mean, to, we have come down to that level. Mm-hmm. So unless everything like, like, like we believe that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the Mahabharata war happened and it, it was needed for destruction. Because only when everything is destroyed, the new thing can happen. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Mm-hmm. So basically, what you what you're saying is is that like you're not even going to bother wasting your time fantasizing of the ideal world because there is such thing in 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 the past of that ideal world, but it's it's untouchable now. It's yeah, impossible I mean, to achieve. We are talking about eight billion people on this planet. Okay, 8 billion people fragmented in so many cults, religion and we are constantly fighting for what? We are at war. Yeah. You know, and social media war nowadays. Yeah. Uh, people yeah. don't want to, people don't want to hear new thoughts. People, the moment you kind of sound different than them, they have problems with you. They will castigate you. Mm. 
you know this this, this entire this american term called cancel culture we live in cancel culture you know what's funny is that we cancel yes. ourselves yeah <laughs> I find myself as an artist that I cancel myself all the time and because I cancel myself I let others cancel me too. So I'll tell you what if you if if there is has there has to be an ideal world world is not possible but I think mm-hmm. one can create an ideal commune a space. Thank you. Where where weirdos like us can come and live together in harmony. like an asylum you know i mean for the outs and dance around naked <laughs> just kidding for the outsider for the outside world it could be a mental asylum for all you know right weirdo is doing true, some yeah. shit uh, that's what that's what they called uh, osho and his disciples also uh, in the 70s <clears throat> yeah yeah so okay but that was a little overdone to be honest come on um well again that's what we feel now or uh, people felt that yeah. time uh, i don't think uh, see because we 60s and 70s the kind of things he spoke about okay that i i can tell you that even today in india there are a lot of gurus they don't dare to say those things they don't dare but he did because he was brutally mm-hmm. honest and if mm-hmm. there was anything that was that went against osho was his brutal honesty and people were not ready for that then people are not ready for it mm-hmm. even today he was honest he was naked <clears throat> and he mm-hmm. he he didn't care he really didn't care about uh, what others think about him so everybody went after him you know the government uh, went after him in us then he came to india the indians <clears throat> because as i always say that india is the uh, largest hypocrisy in the world uh, they just couldn't digest him they couldn't accept him so he fought he fought his way yeah true this <clears throat> it's it wasn't necessarily osho that that went above you know above and beyond because he always remained himself Uh, I just mean, you know, and and he was such a big figure, which ideally you don't really want a big figure to start a collective community. You just want everyone to be, you know, very equal. Um, you know, you don't really want to praise. You don't really want one singular figure being praised. But <clears throat> I think this is a huge <laughs> concept and a huge topic. Um. What has been the most difficult decision you have made in your life? Difficult. Mhm. Ah, very hard. <clears throat> um To be honest, can I be very very honest? <laughs> I I I am not one of those guys who really make set and make decisions. Yeah. I just let things flow. Okay. Okay. and i just listen to my inner voice and that is how my career path has happened uh-huh. because i know if i'm doing something wrong i know i'm doing wrong then i want to kind of eject myself from that situation okay and then get into the right path 
so all my life has been kind of I, you can say directionless but i think there was a there was a direction i never decided that you know i want to do this 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 i want to do this in year this and year that no there was no plan when i when i quit my job uh, 2009 when i quit my job <clears throat> it's been 14 years now yeah it was not planned it just happened it was a decision made at that moment that i thought that this is enough i cannot take it more. you know i was i was mm-hmm. talking about the, the the corporate politics and i i said i cannot take it and it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a working day that i took my bag and i walked out i came home and i sent my resignation on mail so it wasn't planned it just happened and 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 then i but you know while that entire thing happening yeah something deep down was telling me that everything is going to be all right and i just listened to that voice mm-hmm. and i went with that there was no plan people were asking me so what's the next plan are you going to are you going to <laughs> uh, uh, you know like create your own own organization i said no so wonderful so what are you going to do i said i having no plan is my plan yeah and and i just went ahead with it it i'm not saying it's the right thing to do it may backfire on somebody uh, but it worked for me i just went i i just said that you know i want to i want to live i want to see my country because uh, i haven't really traveled i had not really traveled that much till then so i said now i have time i'm on my own and i want to see my country and i started traveling like <laughs> as if i was possessed yeah 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 i mean i would i would go for 3 3 4 4 weeks come back maybe for 10 days 15 days then again go somewhere and it's been it's been going on like that only you're a pilgrim of life which is you know because i was raised in in north america and the western culture we're just designed to have to plan it all and every single detail and yeah it just it's create such a urgent mindset that and also entitled because like if it doesn't go our way do you know what i'm saying mm. uh but naturally my one consciousness my spirit you know back then a decade ago knew it knew that that wasn't right and that that mental scape that was created from north america was killing me so then i exactly what happened to you happened to me you know things just started kind of happening and then i was just rolling with it <laughs> but that i think that's a wonderful way of living but but it worked for me and it maybe it's working for you because i don't have baggage yeah you know if i had responsibilities like if i i had mm-hmm. children to look after you know their education then i would then i would wouldn't be doing this because then i have responsibilities right yeah i think it's just it, it's also a different it's an archetype like we are the the travelers we're the storytellers were the discoverers you know so not everyone does that first of all they don't have the desire to and not every not everyone can do the same thing 
yeah, you know, it's, it's a yeah. huge universe. It's True. a huge universe. And True. which is, you know, that's why it's not like about like how to be this way. You know, there's no how to be this way. If you are that way, you are that way. Yeah. And I think that's, that's another thing that like is troubling is that like in this day and age we live in, everyone wants to be everything. <laughs> and then we get so far we we it's like we were there is one thing you know that will fulfill you and you know it's wh- how come how come it's so hard to find that to click into who you are it's so hard these like this these this i don't even know how long millennium who knows that we've gone so far far away from from our innate Mm-hmm. you know what we are you know i spend nights wondering wondering just wondering about that actually i'll ask you this <laughs> what do you know for certain for certain i know that i know nothing <laughs> and for certain i know that there is nothing fucking certain in this world the moment you say that xyz thing is certain you're screwed because anything can happen you know how many people mm-hmm. who didn't accept the 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 covid situation because they had so many things planned and then everything fall fell apart so they couldn't accept it so i you know you you cannot say that okay you i'm not saying that therefore <clears throat> live a life like a vagabond yes don't do that but you cannot cannot really say that you know i'm going to achieve this i'm going to do this by this date uh, having a plan such a concrete plan well i i for some people it m- must be working because because if you are mm-hmm. in a in a in a in a uh, army for example you have to be certain about what you're doing there you can't say that you know mm-hmm. okay let's see how it goes then you'll lose <laughs> lose <Yeah>. more <laughs> Let, yeah. let's go with yeah, the flow boys happen, as an individual <laughs> how i want to lead my life provided that yeah. other uh, things surrounding you are also in support of that uh, you can keep mm-hmm. things fluid you know i think that uh, fluidity makes life more interesting than rigidity uh, bruce mm-hmm. lee has very beautifully uh, said be like water and and it, it says everything do you think who am i is the right question to ask or is there a better question to ask you can say who am i and what am i doing here you know i think what am i doing here if you if you kind of try to find that answer then you automatically go on a spiritual path because that is spirituality to me is the is the process of finding an answer for that what am i doing here you know and what is the what is what is the reason why i have been sent here i have been planted here your reason is not going to be that you know mm-hmm. to earn money 
well, of course, you have to earn money. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. you have to have a house. Of course, you have to have all the materialistic requirements that give you a good life. But there is something far superior beyond all this. So, if you want to try to find that, you have to ask yourself this. Why? Why? What am I doing here? I think that mm-hmm. that is an interesting journey. Never ending. It's a never ending journey. Do you think that do you think that enlightenment is a hoax or it really it it really exists this state of oneness? I definitely don't think it's a hoax. And is it constant? Because there have been so many enlightened beings. Okay. But I also believe that each of us mm-hmm. have the ability to enlighten ourselves. It and it's not like in in Buddha's uh, life mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he for six years he put himself through uh, so much of pain, struggle because he he was he was seeking enlightenment. Okay, he was going after it. But the moment he stopped that struggle mm-hmm. and just let it be, he was enlightened. You know, the, the thing is that you cannot say that I want to get enlightened and therefore mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, 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 this. No, it doesn't happen that way. Right? Isaac Newton was doing nothing under that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. apple tree. He was actually doing nothing. He was just sitting there and God knows what he was thinking. Maybe some chick he was thinking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the apple bloody fell down and then boom. That was the moment, you know. <laughs> so, it, it you can't. You can't go after enlightenment. Nobody can. It just happens yeah. to you. Yeah. Maybe it will happen to us. In this life, maybe it will happen to us in the next or maybe next. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you need to have that curiosity. If you don't have that curiosity, sorry, I, I'm saying if you don't have that curiosity, then the then life is drab. It's boring. I, I My um, relationship to enlightenment has never been <clears throat> to uh, complete my cycle here on, on this dimension it's always been about finding peace like finding just (laughs) sleeping and it being rest you know laughing and it just being laughing and just just being in this present moment and feeling fulfilled without needing or wanting and you know so hopefully (laughs) hopefully one day i can be in that state but i know in this dualistic reality it will not be constant you know i may learn how to cope better and better and better but you can't just go run away from reality and live in a cave you have to involve yourself you have to be absolutely you need to be integrated in the world and you know that's i think that's the biggest um thing that we all you know need to work on is is our individual and our social involvement and finding peace within within both of them. 
Do you have a, um, a specific tool? I mean, aside from the regular things that we know, like meditation and breathing that you use to help yourself, um, be present. I know you weightlift, so don't say weightlift either. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'll tell you something, honestly. Well, I, I also do pranayam uh, meditation. I also do fire worship. That is, uh, uh, Agnihotra, uh, but mm-hmm. somehow, when you are when you are lifting, you know, twenty eight kilos or thirty kilos, you are more present because you cannot afford to f- make that fall on your <laughs> on your toe, right? So you are extremely aware that you are holding mm-hmm. that weight, mm-hmm. and it should not fall on your toe. So I, I see, you know, I I I don't know about this. Uh, yes. Uh, being uh, present and all because these are all modern terms but uh, because I used to play cricket uh, from childhood till till mm-hmm. about my I ended my corporate life I, I was playing cricket so we have this term called going into a zone okay and that happens with even artists that happens with me when I'm working mm-hmm. on something mm-hmm. so you kind of go into a zone it's like a tunnel huh so when you go into that zone, everything around you kind of fizzles out. The noise, yeah, it 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 doesn't exist till you are in that zone. So similarly, while working out, I go into that zone. It's like, yeah, it's like those seventy-five minutes, eighty minutes that I spent. Yeah. I'm in the zone. I might be talking. I might be waving at some some uh, at somebody who uh, who, who is known but i know that i'm in tunnel vision because i know it's 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 a different world that i go into and uh yeah and whatever works for you whatever works for you it could be uh, somebody uh, is a singer and he starts singing she starts singing and yeah. they go into that zone so that is where you're 100 present yeah you know i think i can i can explain this it's um you're completely assertive and you are in your body. You're in your body. And when you're in your body, you're rooted. You're here. And the present moment only happens within you, actually in you. It's not this this, this um, metaphysical term where it's like, oh, it's inside of you deep into the abyss. No, I mean now, this real-time moment. And that's the thing about spirituality. It's that it's so unknown that we just – you know, we're kind of like waiting for like a genie to pop into our imagination yeah, and talk yeah. to us, but it's not, it doesn't, it's not that it's getting to your breath. It's getting into your body. It's getting into your, you know, your core. And I think that's why like training and sweating and all of that, it just, it's that only time when we can, we are actually sure. in our body, sure. you know, we're, we're finally, we're finally in our body. We're assertive. We're not doing passive meditation. Uh, a lot of the time when we're doing breath work, we can be passive at the same time because it's hard to use your breath, which is something that none of us know how to use mm. pro- properly and be be there. You know, it's it's very, very difficult. But, you know, I, I'm with you with um, with weightlifting and just all of the the compounds that get released, you know, during during that time and all the hormones. So, oh, and also um, I don't know if it was Alan – Watts or Carl Jung, who who said that the only way to reach to the heavens is if you're rooted down. Yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's I think when you met me in India, I was 
I was way too high. I was, you know, I was higher than hell and I had no roots at all. I had, mm. I had zero roots. So like when you're experimenting, you know, we both have the privilege to, to contemplate life. A lot of people don't have the time to contemplate life because they're just surviving. And, um, for the privileged ones who, you know, who had made different decisions that gave them more time to, to contemplate and learn about these things. Because I had so much time to contemplate, I then went on journeys of traveling because I was curious, right? But uh, let's say 50% of what I was learning was not um, uh, translating itself mm. into my physical reality because I wasn't grounded. So it's like all that time, all that money, all the studies that I did, a lot of the time, none of it was, was, uh, latching onto me because I was so off the ground. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think that it's just, it's very important to, um, before you go on a journey to really ask yourself, like, is, was it influenced by someone else? Is this something you're doing because, um, you're lost and you're trying to fill space? Like there are so many more underlining mm -hmm. issues inside of us <coughs> that traveling that traveling doesn't solve. Like you could have a hormonal imbalance, you know, you could just, there are just so many things that, that are involved into this. And I wish, you know, there were some travels that I did where I would have waited to do and okay. I don't regret, but being grounded is a big, a big factor in, in properly experiencing life. True. Absolutely. So I think that I'm going to um, end with the, the favorite juicy question. Okay. <laughs> can you, can yeah, you hear yeah. Bella? <laughs> yeah, she's okay. scratching herself. Like, yeah, I yeah. don't even know what she's thinking, but Bella, <laughs> stop. Please stop. Thank you. I'm asking the final question. Okay. Think about <laughs> this question. Okay, Bella. Okay. <clears throat> What's the meaning of life? Meaning of life? I think the... I mean, I'm, I, from my personal viewpoint, life is something that you need to experience to the fullest. And it's... You see, there is, there is no, uh, you know, one-line answer to this because it's... Life by itself is such a vast concept. Yeah. So there's not one line answer that X, Y, Z is the meaning of life. Of course, the meaning is what you make out of it, out of how you live the life. But what is life? The life is something that you have to experience to the fullest. And when I say to the fullest, try. It's not possible for for us mere mortals but try to take the juice out of each and every moment that you are breathing and alive you know it you could be doing something really mundane really small really insignificant but get the juice get the fun out of it you know because and one thing i will say don't take life too fucking seriously because it's really not worth it. You, we are not. We are. We are. We are sent here. I think to celebrate. Yes. Being humans.
you know, to experience, to celebrate, not to take it seriously and mm. move around with elongated faces. No, you want to shout, shout. You want to, you want to, you want to laugh aloud. Bloody hell! You could be sitting yes. in a restaurant, but laugh aloud. You know, I'm not a dancer, but somebody wants to suddenly dance in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. So be it, yeah. You know, do 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 have fun with life. Don't take it so damn seriously, because then you lose the exactly. entire fun of it. Thank you for answering that, and I, I live by that, by the way. So, <laughs> I, I, I do get. Um, I think the opposite. Yeah, I think the opposite to that state is misery. Mm. You know, and uh, I think that's kind of the two states that I jump through this not giving a fuck to completely in misery <laughs> but that's that's but very normal it, that's yeah, being human for sure and actually i think that it's not we don't live in a normalized society where you know it's okay to feel the negative parts that's why people well, that's why we take it so seriously because when we don't feel good and when we're not succeeding and all these things like it's bad Oh, it's so bad. You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't mm. anything, then it would then there would be no attachment. But because there's this this connotation of it, this energetic, like, oh, you should always feel good. That's wrong. That's impossible. It's impossible to always That's feel bullshit. Good. It's fucking bullshit. It's it's a bullshit. I don't know who who, who what kind of people are uh, promoting that kind of shit, but it's bullshit. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to tell, that's always speak your mind. Mm -hmm. Because that's the saddest thing. You know, people go through their lives without saying what they really want to say. Mm -hmm. And one fine day, they realize that, my God, I've only said things to please others. Don't be a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. Speak the truth and it will hurt somebody some people yeah but some there are people who will appreciate it sam thank you so much thanks to you did you did you love this hour and 20 minutes absolutely <laughs> fully i hope so 100% i hope i hope i i surprised you and that you know you feel energized from this conversation totally Absolutely. It was, Good. It was wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm loving the traffic in the background. It's everything. <laughs> <laughs> I miss India so much. You should come now. Everything is open. I'm uh, working on a van conversion. And yeah, you and told I have me a friend, uh, Roman, who he's actually also has been a guest on the podcast. And he okay. knows people who okay. has driven from Europe to India before. So maybe I'll Lovely. do that. Wow. <laughs> that sounds exciting. <laughs>